You're listening to the Mascot Support Group Podcast, the furriest and fuzziest show on the web. Disclaimer, the voices and opinions of this podcast do not represent the teams, organizations, or employing the host or special guests. POIW Podcast Network and Altai Energy proudly present to you the Mascot Support Group Podcast. Mascot Nation, welcome to the furriest and fussiest show on the web. This is the Mascot Support Group Podcast, brought to you by Alti Energy and OIW Podcast, Podcast Network. Check them out in the descriptions below. Also, we'd like to thank our, our Patreons, Luke and Carmela, our two newest Patreon mem- members. You can find, you can join us well at patreon.com backslash mascot support group and there's a lot of fun stuff we have for you guys on patreon be the first ones to know who we're gonna have on our podcast but special meeting weeks on zoom events for you guys alone and very hot and juicy buzzes corners so a lot of stuff and it's only three dollars today we have a jam-packed episode for you so let's not waste any time this evening i am joined by um Buzz buttons. Joseph, we have two special guests this evening. Um, Irvine just graduated yesterday, so he's having a lot of graduation after parties. He's going to right now. So, so there's a lot of fun stuff going on, and we're going to kick it off with a brand new segment. We are calling it Five Minutes. With the mascot sensei, um, starring Bishop. So, how we're gonna start this do this is we're gonna put by request five minutes on the clock. I, I got the let, clock. I got the clock right here. So Bishop, when you when you're ready, you just tell us go and you let's just, get, you it. just let's get ready go. to let's go. I've been waiting on this for a long time. All right, let's get right into it. We're starting the clock. Five minutes. Get what? Let's hear from the sunset. Let's go. All right, Charlie. Do you know what happened to me on this past Saturday? Didn't your best friend Tough Gunner have his very first ever mascot game? Yes, it was his birthday also. So Top Gunner had his birthday and you know it was great i you know we got everything coordinated but just something didn't go right okay now i know to all of you out there probably listening you're thinking mascots never win mascots never try to win and you know you let the kids get on and and feel good about themselves you know that participation trophy stuff anyway let me tell you, so we have this mascot football game. I will never get these same mascots coordinated at the same time for a football game again. Because I'm going to tell you right now, shout out to the Odessa High Bronco that showed up and showed out with Top Gunner. The rest of those mascots had no idea what the hell they were doing. They didn't even know what the hell football was. And so it just really made for a fun event, you know, for the for the uh, the consumers to see and all the viewers to to uh, you know just be happy with. 
seeing little kids just tear our little butts up on that field. It was ridiculous. Now, I will say, I did get to truck three kids. You know, that felt damn good. I'm not going to even lie. I crossed that off my bucket list. You know, I got, oh, I put that little stiff arm on them. Three of them, Charlie. I spared no expense. I trucked three of these little kids, man. I didn't give a damn. They got in the way. I trucked them. If you don't believe me, there's footage. Okay. But anyway, so I will say this. So we get down to the nitty gritty. The game was the first three teams, the first three touchdowns scored wins. You know, whichever team scores three touchdowns first, they win. All right. Great. Everybody understood the damn rules. I told everybody before we got out there that when I do this, circle the wagons. I made a little gesture, you know, because you can't talk as mascots. You're not supposed to talk. That's a, that's a cardinal rule. Anyway, circle the wagon. That means everybody gets around me, and I'm just going to hike the ball to my damn self, and we just we just roll with it, right? We just roll with it. That was the game plan. No way was we going to lose because we were just going to circle around me and just march. They're blocking me. All seven of them blocking me. That's great, right? We don't need wide receivers. They can't see, right? So anyway, I do this. Nobody's paying attention to what I'm, I'm doing. It's like they were starstruck. Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't know what was, I don't know what was going on. It's like they were caught up in the, in the limelight. They didn't know how to handle it. And so I'm just like, wow. So the Bronco, I hand it to him. He jumps into the end zone, scores for us. Like I say, he was the only one that was there. He knew his assignment, and he did it well. So we get down to this last play. At least I didn't think it was the last play because we had to score but once. So, you know, it was our time to score twice, right? I hand this ball off to the Nimitz Colonel, whatever the hell he is, and I hand him this ball. And you can see footage of this. I tell him, you know, I'm gesturing, like, run, run. He stands there. He just stands there. Three little kids come pummeling. They sack his ass so hard. He fumbles. The back of his head hits the field. The crowd's going nuts. He fumbles the ball. And they just pick it up and scoop it up. And they run it in. Now I have a problem. I had H-E-B... The grocery sack, mascot's name is Buddy. Buddy is sitting on the sideline, just looking at it, just looking at this fumble. Did nothing. Crime, the McGruff crime dog, did nothing. He witnessed a damn crime, didn't arrest nobody, didn't didn't do nothing. He just watched him score. So I will never do this again. Never, ever, ever. Pick people that have never played football. There was one segment where they were offside, and I had to tell them to get their ass on the right side of the field so that we could hike the damn ball. Charlie, it was a massacre. I know you don't feel my pain, but I feel my pain, and damn it, I just needed to get this off my chest. I'll never do it again, ever, 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 because not only was it that, I had two of them that were elementary mascots, so they really had no business getting pummeled. Anyway, I'm done. I'm done. Benito. You know what? That, I don't know which Lance is crazier. That, a lot happens with JMB um, and Wesson is rage. Oh, God. Just, 
I don't know. Like, that was a win. But the thing is, like, we never can say, like, um, some of them maybe knew they may they're just beginning, um, the business. So you know what you're learning. It's a learning experience for them. But it's very tough. Um, doing something like that. Because I know my first time performing an an NBA game, I almost broke my back. That sounds like a story you need to tell. All right, I've done it multiple times. This is how I lost my job at Chuck E. Cheese's. I had the option, the choice, go and perform at the Miami Heat game or come into work. I was like, ooh, okay, which one? Go to the Heat game, I can learn some stuff. I can become a better performer. I picked that. Um, and in the women's game, I, um, my, my GM said, hey, we do not need you any, your services anymore. They let me go. A few months later, they begged me to come back. And they just like, that was the biggest biggest regret um, I've ever done. With that, so I went, I got to the arena. I want to learn how to mini jump do the, the dunks. So we're in the back. Um, they're teaching us how to do it, how to suit. First, I'm just warning. I jump. There is a crash pad. There is a crash pad. I want. I jump. I reach up. I don't know how the momentum. I did the complete flip and back my back on the crash pad. Oof. So, so, so they were like, so. Do you want to do this at halftime? I'm like, nope, I'm good. Me and the FIU mascot, you know what? We're going to play nice. We're just going to play catch with the basketball. Kind of thing. Wow. I almost broke my back learning how to mini jump. Yeah. That was 2007. Now I'll go back to 2020. I got my redemption. It wasn't at the halftime kind of thing. It was outside of the arena. This is when I was with, with Boca Raton Football Club. That's Apollo. I uh, it's outside of the arena. They had a big inflatable, like one jump slam dunk. Okay. I was like, you know what? If Stanley Steve Panther can do this, I'm going to do it as well. I'm going to try to one up him. I was like, you know what? I'm just doing it. I was like, no redemption. Got to get back on that horse. At some point, that's right. That's right. So, Bishop, thank you so much. You're mighty welcome. And thank you for having me on. We always appreciate it when you come. It was free therapy. It was all. Thank you. Thank you. So we hope you all like this new segment because we will love to have him come back more often. And if you like on the Mascot Sensei, Myself and JMB and Bishop will be starting a brand new podcast very soon called the Penalty Sports Podcast. Coming very, very soon. But and that's later on in a few weeks. But now let's get on to mascot news. <laughs> our mascot news and this is a very unique one because for those that may not know I used to work for Chuck E. Cheese's and JMB as well, um, currently works um, at Chuck E. Cheese's 
But I never knew they had another character um, named Bella until I saw it on the post. So we asked our good friend, uh, Matt Riviera, at the franchise, or the franchise, um, for those in the Chuck E. Cheese fandom, um, know who he is, and his historian of the Chuck E. Cheese brand. Does he ask him anything, and he knows it, pretty much. So I asked him to join us for the special mascot news, and we're going to talk about who is Bella, the bunny. Yes. So, because it looks like Chuck E. Cheese is going to be doing it again. It looks like they're going to be going on tour this summer again. Yes, indeed they are. With the addition of Bella. Yeah. So, Matt, welcome back to the podcast. Hello. Happy to be here as always. So, can you tell me about Bella? Like, when did she debut with Chuck E. Cheese um, family. Okay, so the insider is that Bella came into, came to or hopped onto the scene, um, in in a show one 2018 of Chuck e, the Chuck E. Cheese shows. So basically, the beginning of 2018 is when they introduced her as a character. Um, they had a song that they used that her and Helen did called Bailando, um, and specifically, she was just another character that was just introduced. There wasn't much detail on this character specifically until about a year later when the song All You Can Play or Play All You Can Play came out and they reintroduced Bella as a character um, and basically made her almost like a secondary like female character. Not realizing about two year, about a year later they would actually make her a permanent character and, a, and the sixth member to Munch's make-believe band. And her purpose is basically, um, she's a Spanish-speaking bunny, basically. So basically, she's to help cater to the Spanish market for Chuck E. Cheese, basically. If you think about that, you know what? I like this. I like that they're um, expanding. Because um, if you think about it, when you think of um families um shows family entertainment, what show comes to mind? Sesame Street, of course. And they have multiple characters, um, um, they, 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 different languages, race, um, religion, Absolutely. um, the different cultural. And so even I with, think even, it's amazing even with disabilities too. You know, right. Like, Especially with uh, especially with Sesame Street, you know they've debuted characters with, with you know that are on the spectrum and stuff too. And I know that you know for a lot of people that's a big deal. So for forty six years with Chicken Cheeses, I'm surprised it took them this long to add a um another character to the cast. Because oh, the sad yeah. thing is, all the animatronics are leaving, but they're bringing back they're bringing new characters in. Right. So it's like it seems kind of like an off time. Yeah, to introduce well, the reason, a new character. And the, yeah, and plus the thing is with introducing another character, it's easier to do it without the show, because you know obviously with the stage show, depending on what version you've seen, there's obviously the five character show that has all five characters on stage, and it's hard to um, 
it's hard to like add an animatronic now because you know those state state the stages are so outdated that you know it's hard to kind of add an extra character to that so the only way they could do it is through the through the you know through the puppetry and all that stuff that they're doing now so as was Bella first started as a pup as 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 a as a puppeteer as a puppet yes yeah. She started off. She started off as a puppet, and then eventually they made a two D version, and then a three D version of her as well. I'm uh, so glad I refreshed for this episode in specific. I actually went back and listened to Bailando. Now I know I've said in the past that Bailando was terrible, but I actually re-listened to it, and actually it's pretty catchy. I actually I actually like it. You know, it's it's actually pretty good. Uh, yeah, because there's two versions of it out right now. There's the there's the first version of it that had the original voice actress who played who played Bella, and then the newer one who voices her now. Is it Caroline Richardson? No, it is not. Okay, that's that's what I thought because I was hearing some people in the fandom say it's Caroline. I was like, there's no way it is. The girl sounded very similar to her, and I think that was part of the issue as well is that she sounded too similar to that she sounded too similar to Helen, so they decided to change the voice and sound more you know, authentic to Hispanic people. Be very interested to know who it is nowadays. Yeah, I don't I don't even think we know who the voice actress is for her. And that's um, like the and that that is definitely like like I said before, it is cool. Like they're expanding their um horizon with their clientele. Right, exactly. And, ho- and hopefully Bella will be almost like that with Sita for them. They'll teach their fans this Daniel. Yeah, and they've actually done skits with her on the YouTube channel specifically where they've actually had her like talk Spanish. They've had special skits like where she's teaching how to speak Spanish and stuff too. And it also features the other characters too. So it helps like kind of it's helping her bring bring more credibility to that character specifically and then of course now the big the big deal about this whole thing is that of course this is the first time in a like ever that we now have also a sixth version of a costume character too they for the summer fun concert that they're doing this year or as it's being called the Chuck E. Cheese summer concert road show um, they are going to be introducing Bella in costume character form like I said, that's what really caught my eye. I'm trying to figure who were the first one I saw it from. I think it was Ramsey. Well, I think it's oh. on her thing. Oh, maybe Dom. Maybe Dominic's. One of one of them was like the first ones I saw. It. Like, okay, I'm like what? What's this? Like that's what really caught my eye. Yeah. Um. For um being someone that's in the Chicken Cheese fandom, but um not really following it for a while. Because I'll say it multiple times. Myself, JMB, Matt, a good fan, um, Tim. All were Chuck E. Cheese's at one point. Or all um um Chuck E. Cheese um Brotherwins. And there's a lot of people in the mascot community that started their careers at Chuck E. Cheese's. Too many to name. But you know who you are uh, if you're listening. So shout who out knew to this? All, 
Shout out to all of our Chuck E. Cheese friends. Yes, and there's plenty of them. Absolutely. My so. first thoughts on the costume, um, I think the overall, like, I, I love the shoes. I, I love the shoes that they, that they got on her. Um, you know, the outfit, I think, is perfect. Um, the So, so the, the overall design of it is not bad. You know, it's just, you know, I think it's pretty well executed. I My only problem is I feel like they could have done a little bit more detail on the face, especially with, like, the eyes. Uh, but, of course, this is the first Bella costume, so I think eventually down the line we'll get an updated Bella costume. But for a first one, it's actually pretty solid. Um, and I was talking to another one of my friends, and, you know, they, you know, we we kind of, had the feeling that this was kind of rushed but at the same time even if it was i think it's pretty solid for a first design so i, uh, I agree I'm on that to what we get in the future i definitely agree with you on that joseph for sure um it definitely does feel like maybe they probably they were probably trying to get around as quickly as possible now here's the thing too is that they have done revisions to the other ver of the other characters too that's at, at, at some point um case in point being um, Helen, when Helen first came out, they they actually did a they actually did an update to her to her head at some point. Um, you, you know the first version of the Rockstar Chucky outfit too. You know there were there were changes to that as well too that I remember. Like and the first, also, and like Chuck and Cheese is all the decades. Oh, absolutely! But specifically with the Rockstar head, you know the main thing was. Initially, that head didn't have vision through the nose. Um, the newer ones now do, but the first version of that head did not. Which, in my personal opinion, I think is one of the biggest flaws of the of the modern outfits. Is that is that the vision through the nose? It's really, I truly don't think it's necessary because it doesn't do very much as as far as vision goes. But I just feel like. It's just kind of a nuisance because it's always breaking off. So I've worn costumes that have, you know, one vision point. Some only have two. Uh, but what's unique to the Chuck E. Cheese costumes is they have three. Well, I do definitely agree that the nose um, is flawed because I definitely prefer the Avenger nose to the Rockstar mm. nose because Avenger has the, the you know, the rubber and uh, Rockstar even though there is a benefit to seeing out of it, the fact that it's Velcro is what really bothers me about it. Because I remember early in my run with Chuck E. Cheese, that was my one gripe every single week with the costume in my early years with Chuck E. Cheese was the nose. The nose was falling off. So, But three vision points for a costume, I think that's actually a benefit in the long run. It probably is. You're definitely right about that. It's just like for me, it's just a nuisance with that nose always like consistently falling off. And the and to me, like when I see videos on YouTube where it's like it's not set up correctly or it's like looking like it's about to fall off, it's like it's like that just kills the magic of you know these characters sometimes. Mm -hmm. I remember um, Avenger, Wolverine, and it was screwed in. Right. Like. And that was the thing. And my debate was, um, did you have the nose down or did you have the nose up? 
the point. Right. Um, the no the nose down was the early version of the of the Chucky heads. The when it had the nose up, it was a newer version. That's how that's how you can differentiate your co- your uh your Chucky outfits mainly. Is that the earlier the earlier versions of that Chucky nose or Chucky had the nose down. The later ones had the nose up. That's one thing I was trying to figure out. Every time I had to fix it, like, so I put it up, I put it down, I put it up, I put it down. Like, but like I said, that is our mascot news. But before we um, end this segment, can you give us the tour, the tour dates and where are they going to be going? Yes. So this year's event is going to be, of course, it's called the Chuck E. Cheese Summer, Summer Concert Roadshow. It's going to start on June 9th at 3 p.m. at the North Edison, New Jersey location on Route 1. Um, and then after that, at 7 p.m. the same day on June 9th, they will be at the new Union, New Jersey location, which is at 2700 US 22 3A. On June 10th, they will be at th- it'll be the 3 p.m. show at the Flatbrush Avenue location in Brooklyn, New York. June 22nd, they will be at the Dallas Montfort location, which is also known as the Valley View location, um, for at 7 p.m. June 24th at 11 a.m., they will be at the Grapevine Mills Chuck E. Cheese in Grapevine Mills Circle. Um, at on June 24th at 3 p.m., they will be at the Grand Prairie Chuck E. Cheese in Texas, on off of West Side 20. On June 29th. They will be at the Garden Grove, California location at 13101 Harbor Boulevard. And that's at 11 a.m. June 29th, the same day, they will be at the Chino, California location on Philadelphia, on Philadelphia at 3 p.m. And then to end it on June 29th at 7 p.m. at the Torrance, California location on Prairie Avenue. They're going coast to coast, it looks like, with, with this tour. Oh, you had to end it in California. You had to. Of course. I would feel like you want to start it. It's too hot to do it in Dallas. Yep. Like, when you want to start it, where it all began in California, and walk your way around. What's that? I was saying, like, for, 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 like, the nostalgia. You want to maybe, like, kick it off in California. Like, this is where it all began. But like I said, Matt, thank you so much for joining. Absolutely. Because we love it when you come on to the podcast. Um, it's it's so much fun. And we can we cannot wait to have you on um future episodes. And and Matt's doing doing his signature. The Matt the Franchise signature pose at this point. Uh, <laughs> uh, at, least, at least not doing the Chucky at the ring. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Anyways, thank you guys for having me. I hope you all have a great rest of your evening. And uh, we'll see you all again soon. Yep, thank you so much, Matt, for joining us. Absolutely. So that was your mascot news for this week. So we're going to go into Meet the Mascot.
Once again, thank you, Matt, so much for um, joining us this week for Mascot News. Now it's time for Meet the Mascot. And it's going to be a unique Meet the Mascot because JMB did a list of a lot of the indoor football leagues mascots. So they could be from the IFL or the NFL. NAL, I mean. Yes, that's correct. Um, so I did this before with the NLL lacrosse mascots. And now I'm going to do this with the indoor football mascots. And Charlie, what timing to do this? Because we just had a new mascot introduced this week. And we will get into him on this list. So originally there were 17 mascots on this list, but now there are 18 with the introduction of our new mascot friend. So kicking off the list again, this is just IFL and NAL mascots only. So anything indoor is fair game with these two leagues in specific. So kicking it off at number 18 at the bottom, I have Willie from the Quad City Steamwheelers. And basically, this character, uh, you know, is definitely old school. Um, it gives you that Yosemite Sam, you know, cowboy, you know, type feel with it. Um, the reason it's at the bottom of the list is because I think it's the weakest of all the mascots here. Now, it's not necessarily a bad mascot or a bad performer, unless I specify otherwise. But I definitely feel like it's the weakest, especially with the competition that it has, even though I do love sort of like Steamboat Willie sort of theme with it. So uh, number 18 is Willie. Number 17, kind of a similar case, Billy from the Iowa Barnstormers. Uh, the reason I have this at the bottom of the list, and if you have listened to previous episodes of our podcast, you know that I'm not the biggest fan of humanoid mascots with a few exceptions like Sparty from Michigan State so a few exceptions but this is not one of them uh I'm not really a big fan of this design in specific I don't know how big of a hit it is with the kids um I mean I, I I like the pilot theme it's definitely something I like but if you pay attention to the rest of my list you'll kind of see what I like with specifics but uh, or even on future lists too, which I will do other leagues like minor league baseball and others. Um, anyway, continuing on. Uh, so that's number seventeen, Billy. Number sixteen is Mac and Jack of the Albany Empire. Um, so they are the lowest of the NAL mascots on the list. Now I did put them above William Billy. Oh, that actually kind of works. William Billy. Um, but um, I put them above those guys because I love the idea of two mascots. Um, but, you know, uh, Albany, I mean, whew, that's, a, that's not a very good fun franchise at all. And I'm sure t- after Top Gunner ripped them a new one, I, I'm, I'm sure you can tell. But you know what? What I will give these guys is that they are really good dancers. I, I have seen them dance, and they're actually pretty impressive, the, the way they have a lot of energy out in the field. So uh, it, I just love the idea of multiple mascots. So that's number 16. 
Number 15, we go to Maximus of the Duke City Gladiators. Uh, this definitely feels like a Dollar Tree Sparty. <laughs> that's that's literally what I think of when I see this, is like a Wish.com version of, of Sparty from Michigan State. But I mean, what else could they really go with? I mean, you could have chose like a lion maybe, but I don't know. Um, so yeah, they, they were pretty limited on what they did. Um, but I mean, again... It's not the worst design mascots, but again, you kind of see a theme here. Uh, Moving on. Number 14 is Bones of the Tucson Sugar Skulls. Holy crap. Uh, (laughs) One of the reasons I I, I like this, but it's because it's so unique, but it's also towards the bottom of the list because it's just kind of scary looking. Although I do love, you know, the idea of this mascots because obviously the, the, uh, the Sugar Skulls, Correct me if I'm wrong, but they are a nod to Dia de las Muertos, aka Day of the Dead. Um, and, you know, it, it's it's very unique. It's a very unique looking mascot. Uh, I just felt like the detail on this was maybe a little bit too much. Maybe a little too much detail. Uh, but anyway, um, number 13. We have another pair of mascots here. Goldie and Sledge of the Tulsa Oilers. Um Again, I love the idea of two mascots, but I put Goldie and Sledge above Mac and Jack because I felt like these two are definitely more fun uh, as far as mascots go. Goldie, obviously, I prefer Sledge. If it was Sledge on his own, dear God, that would be a lot lower. Um, But Goldie, I mean, definitely brings it up uh, as number 13. I mean, this guy is like another fanatic, but you know what? I like it. I I I like what we're working with here. Number 12 is Risk of the Vegas Nighthawks. Now, some people might put this guy a bit higher on the list, but design-wise, I don't see a lot of uniqueness out of this mascot. I I, I really don't get a lot from him. Um, You know, it's Vegas, it's the bright lights, and I think this is definitely a solid-looking mascot, but I just, I, I want more. It leaves you wanting more, is what I'm saying. Number 11, it's our new friend, Savage from the Carolina Cobras. They just introduced this guy at the, their recent home game. And Charlie, what are your thoughts? I can't hear you. Mic's off. Hey. Sorry, I was having some ice. I didn't want to interrupt you when you were talking, so that's why my mic was off. But it's a very great-looking mascot. Like, I think it looks very good. The way it, uh, it's a cool cobra. I wish them best of luck. The organization, the performers, however they're going to be doing the pro- mascot program. It looks very, very well. For those... I agree. Um, um, for those who are watching us on Twitch, please feel free to give us your comments on what you think about um, uh, about him and anyone else you hear so far on, on the list. And after this um, segment, we'll, we will read out all your comments. Indeed. Um, I do like the name Savage because naturally snakes are cold-blooded. They are savage. Um, so I, I like the name. Um, his design, great. Um, I I don't think it's the best snake looking mascot because I will get to that. Um, 
but I definitely think for a first design, it's pretty good. Um, from a performer stand wise, from the um, from the first time that we saw him, I wasn't too impressed. But I definitely think with time that can be approved on. Um, so he ranks yeah, at number is, eleven. The thing is, I was going to say things about that, but I was like, you know what? Um, as Curtis would say, it's wait and see. And that's what it's going to feel like. It's going to be like, let's wait and see, and let's see what's going to happen with this um, mascot program. I agree. You know, I, like I said, I, I think they can definitely, uh, uh, you know, improve on that. Like, it's only the first game, only his first appearance. So, obviously, you're just getting used to the costume and everything like that. So, um, yeah, n- no disrespect to any performer at all uh, or potentially the person who is behind the costume, no disrespect at all. I definitely think it can be improved on. So I wish them the best of luck. Anyway, moving on. Number 10, we're getting to the top 10 now. We have Blitz of the Sioux Falls Storm. Um, I love this, you know, terrier, you know, kind of, you know, dog-looking mascot. Uh, Definitely reminds me of my uncle's dogs uh, when I was younger. So there's definitely a, a soft spot form there and it's, it's just kind of it's, it's cute it's a cute looking mascot um you know i definitely think the face could be improved on but other than that uh i like it uh number nine we have shark of the san diego strike force my god is this man a mountain <laughs> he is a mountain with legs uh he is uh this big muscular shark so he looks pretty badass um especially for a name like the strike force i mean that's that's great uh choosing a shark um so i like it there's not much to him i i couldn't find a lot on this guy um but i think from what i've seen i think he's pretty solid number eight we have claw of the bay area panthers now charlie i looked up the background on this mascot and this mascot in particular was designed by the man who was once known as Thunder of the Golden State Warriors. Bay Area Panthers? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 the designer for this mascot was the former Thunder of the Golden State Warriors. Um, and I, I think, the, I don't know if this mascot came out before or after Black Panther, but if it was after, I could definitely see the motivation. Uh, this is definitely a. I love this superhero, badass looking mascot. I, you, I know, wish so you, you know what it makes me also think of? What's that? There's a rugby team in Utah. Oh, hmm. area of Panthers. It almost looks just like this. Almost. Very but, interesting. Um, I will try to pull it up and show you later. Yeah. Because um, they are friends. Of the podcast, yes, I'll yeah. let you know on JNB. Okay, and we interviewed someone that helped. I think they have developed that character. Okay, well, anyway, like I was saying, I, I love the background on this mascot, and I just wish they did more with him because, much like uh, Shark, I couldn't find a lot on him when I was researching. So th- they really need to do more. Um, but. A different story is number seven, Whiskey of the Northern Arizona Wranglers. 
they have a whole bio- uh, biography about him that you can go check out uh, on their page. And um, from the looks of it, it's a very cute character uh, uh, that could be very uh, popular uh, with the kids. Um, so he's a, this cute little raccoon-looking mascot, and I do have a very soft spot for raccoon. Or is, is he a badger? Is he he's either a raccoon or a badger? Um, but I, I have a very soft spot for... Oh, yes, he's a raccoon. Okay. So I have a very soft spot for raccoon mascots, which you will see later on. Foreshadowing. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I definitely think they took a lot of time with this mascot and i love it i love the result next up number six bruiser of the green bay blizzard i mean this man you know what this guy reminds me a lot of al the ice gorilla from the syracuse crunch like before they went back to uh, to, to crunch man they had al but the problem was al was so terrifying that they had to switch back but Bruiser, I feel like, is the opposite. Like, I love this Yeti-looking mascot because he's he's friendly-looking. He's not too intimidating. So he's just the right amount of fierce and cute at the same time, where he's good with the kids and also is fierce enough to strike fear into the hearts of opponents. So I feel like this guy is great. And also, he's been voted IFL Mascot of the Year before. So he's got quite the reputation in the league. Uh- IFL mascot of the year. So, so anyway, I, I know I know they'll be in different leagues, but I mean, he may give Chum a one for his money if they end up being in the same league. I guess we'll have to see one day if the Blizzard will ever want to make that jump, but uh, or, or if the or if the Sharks ever want to make that jump, you never know. Um, but anyway, let's get to the top five now, and Charlie. I gotta tell you, man. This but I will say five. real quick. But I will say real quick. I think our special guest this evening may say different wise. But go ahead, resume. Okay. Yeah. So Charlie, I gotta tell you, this top five for this list was the hardest I had to think about. Like this gave me I I, I was up at night trying to think about who goes where but at number five i have arthur of the massachusetts pirates and i know i said i'm not a fan of humanoid mascots but this is one of the exceptions and we've had him on our show before and or at least the former arthur when whenever the pirates won the championship i think it and we have a very good relationship with with them because we've um, you've even helped them find one of the performers at one point. That's right. You said the mascot support group put out a flyer for the Massachusetts Pirates, and that's how they're able to find their uh, their guy. So one of their guys. So, so we love the Pirates over here, and uh, Arthur, I think, is a great mascot. Um, you know, raise the Jolly Roger over there in Massachusetts, because he'll be there for a long time. Number four. Striker D Rattler and Faye. So these guys represent the Arizona Rattlers. So Striker D Rattler obviously is who I was uh, alluding to earlier when I said, you know, Savage wasn't the best looking snake mascot because this guy is. 
Holy yeah. crap. Say, when, when he, and I when think he, when when I think of in the football, that's those are the guys I think of right away. Well, obviously, let, let me let me save those guys because I, I I have those guys on my list that you're probably thinking of right now. Um, but uh, anyway, holy crap, this guy looks amazing. Uh, I mean, the fangs, the the teeth, the the right, the, you know, the, the way that the head is shaped and everything. It's perfect. It, it's perfect for a snake mascot. And when he had a birthday party, he had quite a few guests out that really. Uh, packed out the house you know he had the gorilla from the phoenix suns you know i mean he had so many recognizable mascots from arizona like, come like, out like it's saying, like, like 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 i'm saying i you know, you're talking about right now the arizona um um team those mascots also in the first mascots that come to my mind when i oh, think okay. of football oh okay uh, okay I, I i see what you're saying i thought you because, were referring um, to somebody else no, because the thing is, they've been around for how long? I'm saying since the beginning of the Arena Football League. So, yeah. multiple Arena Bowls, multiple, like, their resume just, you can't even, like, think. Only a few teams out there that have a resume like them. Like them, Orlando, pretty much now. I would say now, Tampa, but Tampa doesn't have a team anymore. Yeah. Now, as great as Stryker is, he doesn't have that backstory like this other guy has, Fang. So Fang, uh, real name, Brian Beezer, um, was featured at Rattlers games for nearly three decades. He was known for riding his Harley out on the field before every single home game. Um, and he was an icon in the Arizona uh, community, um, th- there were some uh, there were some stories that were told about this guy, uh, like a woman and her family who had season tickets for nearly two decades. Her son Alex started going to the games when he was a baby and fell in love with football, thanks to the Rattlers. She said throughout the years they got to know Fang. Alex took many pictures with him posing uh, with their arms crossed, and he goes, "Okay, now look at your mom and make the mad face." She said. You would see him interact with the fans. He was great with kids. Rob Hart said he he knew the real Brian Beezer, who didn't really want people to know he was Fang. That was a character and a persona only. He said Brian wasn't somebody you could relate to Fang. It was two different people, and he kept them separate. Hart said Fang was a hardcore biker, and Beezer was a private, and he was a financial advisor, very involved in his church. He was a good friend. He was very, very quiet and kind-hearted. He would do anything in the world for you. Uh, and unfortunately, uh, we have lost uh, Fang. Uh, he died uh, at in, in his home last week. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, not this week. Um, this year, Time of, uh, this in year? his home. I'm sorry, 2022, February 2022. I'm sorry. February 2022, he uh, passed away in his home. Uh, he was 65 years old uh, when he passed away. So, oh, uh, so. A true pioneer of the indoor football, the arena football, whatever you want to call the leagues now. He is a pioneer. Very respectful. There's so many mascots out there, performers out there that are just like him. Indeed. And that's why he had to be 
uh, that's why these two guys had to be packaged together in the top five because of how much they mean to the arena football uh, league. But as great as these guys are, Arthur Stryker, Fang, as great as these guys are, they don't touch the top three because these guys I consider the elite. And Charlie, we know these three guys very, very well. And kicking and for it the off, record, we're not being biased. Yeah, well, of course, of course, we're not biased. But but I that's what made it so hard is I had to think about who went where. So kicking it off at number three, it's Chum of the Jacksonville Sharks. And the winning, I mean, what can the winning, um, NAL, um, champ, um, mascot of the year. How many championships is that? Six. He has he had been back to back right now. I mean, what can you say about Chum? I mean, I mean, you don't just have to watch out for Chum. You got to watch out for many Chum as well. You got to worry about mm-hmm. her as well. Many <laughs> Chum, like, and you have to listen to our um in the football episode where it gets very heated about. I think your next. Heck, and Chum. That is still my favorite episode we've ever done. Like, if you were if you were to stop me in the streets and you're asking, what is your favorite episode you've ever recorded the Mascot Sports Podcast? It is the Arena Football Mascot episode. That is still my favorite. Um, because it was so much fun. But Chum, I mean, him being inside the Shark Tank for years, he's ruled over there, and all those championships prove it whether it's league championships mascot championships he's an icon in florida uh and he's say, the there's for many two mascots. mascots in jacksonville when i think of jacksonville there's two mascots one should be inducted into the mascot hall of fame this year jacksonville mm-hmm. and jump mm-hmm. yep Fang, um Fang is there as well but fame right. is a close third that's all right but number two, it's my hometown brother, Top Gunner of the West Texas Warbirds. Because going back to the days of the Roughnecks, I still remember the day that the Roughnecks ceased operations. It was, it was a very sad day in West Texas. But later on down the line, we would get hope. Because the king of the sky and the king of the Permian Basin would grace us with his presence. After spending many years in the in the Permian Basin, uh, you know, around baseball and hockey, he finally made his real debut as Top Gunner. And Top Gunner has lived up to all the expectations that you can want out of a mascot. I would call him the Conor McGregor of arena football mascots. He's brash. He's in your face. He knows social media. He knows how to get under your skin. He knows where to pick. And, and he just knows how to pick his spots as well. And 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 he's also bullying teams to make mascots. Yeah, San Antonio, where are you at? We still haven't gotten a mascot yet. <laughs> so if you can do it with one team, you can do it with another team. So San, yes, San Antonio, where is your mascot? We'll love to meet him. We'll love <laughs> to have him on the podcast. I, th- we'll I think Top Gun has scared him away. I, I I think so, and and I would guess this. Uh, I'll be about to guess this episode. 
may have a few things he, he may want to say as well about that. But you may hear that later on. Mm -hmm. And this bird is a prey and he is fierce. But when it comes to arena football, there's only one. There's only one mascot that you think of. And I couldn't think of a better person to talk you about it with me than my co-host right here, Charlie. Who is you, you know what? The king of Pyro, the Howard Stern of mascots, um, the rock and roller of, of indoor football. You want the best, you you, you got the best, according Chris, according kids right there. The one, the only from the Orlando Predators. Long. The baddest of the bad. The baddest mascot to ever live and to grace us with his presence. When Claw first went onto the scene, he really made sure that his appearance was a statement because he was one of the first mascots that could talk to you. He could change his voice and he was also uh, part uh, of that crazy arena football crowd back right. in the day. Right. He was he was the pioneer. He has a mascot code, you don't talk. But the way technology is today, it can happen. But he's a pioneer of it. And it is fun. Like what he does alone, it's just amazing. We've had him on multiple times on the podcast. We love what we love when, when he comes. Um, I'm trying to work with him on something special myself. Um, because I love that we're local, we're close, to, not far from each other. So if I need something done, and it's in my budget, I know where to go. It's a shame uh, that the that the Predators only have one championship wait, because wait, wait, I wait, could. Wait, think if you also think about this, he was he was also your anti mascot as well. In the beginning, if if you think about it, never thought of it that way. What was that? Never thought of it that way. Because, like I said, I said they've called him the Howard Stern of mascots, Sign, signing areas on people's bodies that mascots should not be signing. Back then, he was like a rock star signing autographs, but that's for another story. Pretty much, and yeah, you can definitely go listen to some of the interviews that we've had with Claw, and of course, he's always welcome back on the show whenever he wants. But like I was saying, it's a shame that that the Predators only have one championship because I could think of no better market than Florida for arena football. And the Predators have had themselves quite a history because even when they ceased operations, Claw was still making appearances. And let me tell you, whenever Claw made an appearance, whether it was at the mascot games or anywhere else, when Claw came out, that arena erupted because they knew exactly what was coming and what to expect. And hey. there's a reason why he's so respected in the mascot industry. I say, think about this. During the, the beginning of Arena Football, during times, you had the Florida Bobcats in Sunrise, in Sunrise, South Florida. You had um, the Atlanta Predators, and you had the Tampa Bay Storm. You had three Arena teams in Florida. 
And in the Battle of I for International I for Orlando and Tampa, that was the game to go to. Didn't matter what league you what team you wanted, what team you liked in the arena football, that was the game you went to. Because of the rivalry. Tampa, but you like, know what? Tampa Storm. <laughs> Tampa Bay Storm, you're taking me back. Right. And some half one of the arena bowls. So they took the opportunity well, away from Orlando. But we, we know what? Where does um, rumbling on, Joseph? Mm-hmm. I would say thank you so much um, for your meet the mascots this week. Indeed. Thank you. Thank you for allowing me to uh, share my opinions on um, indoor mascots. So, yeah, as far as it goes, the king of the jungle still maintains his throne as far as the best mascot in indoor football. Um. Speaking of kings being crowned this week, we need to transition over to the mascot of the month for the month of June. We've had some great mascots that we've recognized um, in this early and, part of 2023. And Joseph. Yeah. No, because... Speaking of kings being crowned, we need to transition over to mascot of the month for the month of June. And we've featured a lot of great mascots for the mascot support group in the month of 2023. Who will be crowned the mascot support group's mascot of the year by the time it's all said and done? Well, another mascot has thrown his name in the hat. And he just delivered his city and his community a championship after nearly 16 long years. And that is who I consider the best lacrosse mascot to ever do it. It is Racks of the Buffalo Bandits. Yes, this weekend, the Bandits got revenge after a heartbreaking loss at home. Last year in the finals to the Colorado Mammoth, they were out for revenge. And boy, did they get it this year. Nearly dominating the Colorado Mammoth about 16-4 to uh, by the time it was all said and done to be crowned champions at the end of the night in front of their home crowd. And let me tell you, Charlie, there are a lot of communities I express love to during our time on the Mascots of Worker podcast, but I don't think we've shown Buffalo enough love because those fans down there are rowdy, they're passionate, and do they love some sports. Whether it's the Sabres fans, the Buffalo Bills fans, even down to the Bandits Nation, uh, the or Bandit Land, as they like as they like to call it. Rax the raccoon is the only lacrosse mascot to represent in the mascot game. So he already has the historic significance to himself. But Rax is much like a raccoon. He's, he's a trickster. He's a prankster. And he represents his community well. And Buffalo is a very loving community. So I just had to give Rax the nod this week for mascot of the month and of course all of us contribute to mascot of the month every single every single month every single time we decide we go into a group chat and we deliberate and when we were doing it this week 
I had to fight for Rex because that man, I mean, I'm sorry, that raccoon delivered a championship to us, to the loving community of Buffalo this week. I mean, definitely go out there and show some love. My favorite uh, football YouTuber, Tom Grossi, uh, is doing a 30 for 30 tour. Uh, where he goes to 30 NFL stadiums in 30 days while also raising charity for St. Jude's Hospital. And Buffalo helped reach the milestone of, I think, is 50,000. And um, correct me if I'm wrong on that later, but 50,000, I believe, is the milestone. Tom put out a bunch of milestones that he would do if he reached a certain uh, goal. So uh, when they reached this amount, Tom did the traditional bills tailgate uh action which was jumping through a table and you can see that on youtube and just see the love from the bills mafia uh is great and i had to give rax and his community the love this week so your mascot of the month for june from the buffalo bandits is rax congratulations rax like with like just as jmb said We've had, we, when we look at this stuff, we look at multiple things. We look at social media use. If it's not social media use, it's how they are in the community, how they respect it in the communities. And if they hit a big milestone, like like Buffalo Bandits did with just winning the league's championship. So um, for those mascots that, are not in championship games or in, in that at the moment. Don't be um 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 eh. discourage. Um, there's still opportunities for you guys to be um mascot of the month. All we ask is to show us. You show us why you want to be mascot of the month. Give us videos. Have your fans tag us at mascot support group. Or on Twitter, support mascots. Or use the hashtag, we support mascots. Use those tags and we will look at them. And maybe your favorite mascot could be next month's mascot of the month. Yeah, and definitely help. What was that? And definitely help us contribute wherever you can. Speak loud and proud for your community and for your team. We love some competition. And there's plenty of time left to do so. And in case you've forgotten, let's do a quick recap of who's made the list so far. For the list of January, it is Skates of the Chicago Wolves. For February, it is the Bearcat of the University of Cincinnati. For March, it is Sourdough Sam of the San Francisco 49ers. For April, it is Mike the Tiger of LSU. Representing May, it is Ace of the Toronto Blue Jays. And now it is June, Rex of the Buffalo Bandits. Who will be it for July and the rest of our months? Who will join the lineup? I think maybe a favorite's already been circled. Who knows? You never know. So. And the thing is, we may have a few bonus picks. Um, Just like, like we did, did last year. December. Right. We may get some little holiday gifts or a little trick-or-treating. A little treat. Because <laughs> one of our bonus picks ended up winning the entire thing. And that's the thing. Whoever's nominated, whoever's been mascot of the month, is automatically going to be nominated in the polls 
Municipal Mascot of the Year. So with that being said, guys, that is your um mascot of the that was your meet the mascot and your mascot of the month because we are in January. Well, um, I mean June. Wow. Thank you, JNB, for making me um confused with my um months. We are six months. <laughs> we are halfway in the year. Amazing. This year went really fast so far. But um, it's time for us to move on. And that's going to be we're going to take it over to Curtis with Fuzz's Corner. Does it, Jay? I got some sugar in the tank. What are you going to do about it? Woof, woof. Fuzz's Corner. Brought to you by OIW Podcast Network. Find them at OIWPodcastNetwork.com. Welcome to Fuzz's Corner. Uh, brought to you by OIW Podcast Network, as always. I'm joined by Charlie. Uh, we wanted JMB on here because uh, this is kind of a heavy and uh, maybe a little bit of a dark segment, um, but not too dark to the point where we can't have it on air because it's more of a PSA. And, and I'm sorry, JMB, that you couldn't join us. But if you want to hear more of JMB side of this, uh, tune into Where Is My Mind in a few weeks. Uh, Joseph will be on the podcast for that. And he'll be talking about his mascot experience as well as um, the stuff he has done with his family uh, when it comes to this subject. Because this week, uh, well, if you know me personally and you know the podcast I was just talking about, Where Is My Mind? You know that I just brought back season three. Or if you say not really season three, it was more like an episode zero or more so the rich cannon brought back season three. And he was talking about um, his like season three pilot. Yeah, I would say season three, more like a pilot episode or an extra episode because um, his reasonings for that was so then he didn't have to he, he felt like it wasn't appropriate to put it into the as a season one episode because of just how um dark and just scary and sad the whole thing was so uh he kept it out of that and i agree with that sentiment so we're just here and um we're gonna be doing a short psa kind of just if you want to know more about this story um it's a story of abuse about betrayal uh a loved one um beating up a person behind the suit here um and it basically shattering um a lot of things that uh were built over a year and a half in order to a relationship and it all had to be uh it was all because of uh, a substance abuse and it's never easy to hear that and especially it's never easy when you are a victim of uh that circumstance and unfortunately um we're going to be real and i'm going to be breaking the key fabe on uh me behind this mask but yes i was um that victim of that circumstance uh a loved one that i loved very much ended up uh becoming 
uh, a victim of substance abuse and he let it control him to the point where uh, it led to domestic violence, um, choking and a lot of very disturbing and graphic images um, that I don't want to really bring up on here. Uh, go check out that Where Is My Mind episode if you want to get the whole heavy details on it. But uh, yes, um, it's been really hard to perform and it's been really hard to do content and just anything, whether it's the man behind Fuzz Buttons or it's Fuzz Buttons itself. It's been really hard to get that energy. And I've only been recently been able to suit back up and get into that energy. Um, You always hear those stories about domestic abuses and things that happen to couples. And you always just think, well, my my relationship's so perfect. Why would that ever happen to me? And then it happens to you. And you don't know how to take it. And it really opens your eyes to a lot of things. Um, over the last couple of weeks, I've realized a lot of things were essentially a lie. And I don't know when the trust was mistrusted or if there even was any trust on there at all. Um, I essentially just felt like I was used. And that's never a feeling I want anyone to ever feel. And that's never a feeling that anyone should feel. And... I don't blame my attacker for what happened. I blame the substance that he was taking that made that him into the monster that he became. Because when I look back at the good memories and I look back at everything, he wasn't the person he is now. And that's where I take solace in it, where it's a scary thing where just substance abuse and victims of abuse, whether, or the abuser, it's never really where it all comes down to. It all comes down to the thing that is causing the problem, which is the substance. And it sucks to walk away from a lot of things that made me happy, that made me love so many things in my life but i have to remember it's not my fault and anyone who's listening to this who's been a victim of abuse or are an abuser it is not your fault we all have those moments of weakness we all have those moments of darkness and it's about reaching out to the people that love you and not being scared for, to ask for help. And like I said, in where is my mind? And I'm going to say now, uh, links in the descriptions. If you are a victim or an abuser or the abused, um, you're not alone. And there are people around there who love you. And don't be afraid to reach either one of those three numbers. I know one of the numbers are a local Toronto number, but they will still help you regardless. Um, there is also like victims for every single major city in the world. So just look up your local city. But I listed the one for Toronto because that's the one that is currently helping me because I am also a victim. And I had to take solace in basically um, 
crying for like a week. That was never my fault. It wasn't my fault. And I did the, be the best thing that I could to not only protect my husband, but protect my family. And that's ultimately what you have to look at. You have to look at it that you have to do what's best for you, even if it kills you. And that you are not alone. And even if you're hurting or you are hurting others, you know, I've always said, like, hurt people hurt people. If someone hurts someone, it's because they're hurting themselves. And that's why I say I don't I don't blame my victim, my, my, my attacker, because ultimately he's just hurting. He's hurting more than he hurt me. And that's where I take it as is I wasn't attacked by the person that loved me. I was attacked by the monster that person became. And I take solace in that he realized that and he checked himself in after everything that happened. So I take solace in that my story, well, not exactly the resolution that I wanted. I'm glad there's taking steps to get help. And I'm saying it to everyone else, get the help that you need. If you need help, reach out for it because it doesn't make you weak. It doesn't make you any less stronger than you are. Unless Charlie has anything else to say, that's Fuzz's Corners this week. I just want to, I just wanted to put that out there because it's just, I've been very reflective over these last couple of weeks and, and, and these Fuzz's Corners are to rant to you guys on my reflection and the things that have been going on in my head over the last couple of weeks. And that's basically what I've been going. I just, I hate the suffering of the world. And if anyone listened to this can get a little bit of help or listen to the Where's My Mind podcast pilot episode and get any help out of it. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to the ones that you love and not seeing them as a negative seeing them that they just want to see you better. That's Fuzz's Corner this week. Yeah, so guys, like, right now, it is Pride Month. And there's a lot going on for a lot of people. Mentally, mentally, physically, it doesn't matter when it is. But if you think you need help, in anything, drug abuse or mental issues, whatever. If you think you need that help, get that help. Because you don't know that one person may help save your life. Because, like, I know there's a lot going on in my in, in my my head right now. Um, that the backstory for me is. My um my sister had cancer. And we moved from South Florida to Tampa to be with them. She is cancer free, that's a good thing. But they just moved to Las Vegas. So and my family's so close to with each other. Like I'm like, what is my future gonna be? Am I gonna be staying in Tampa? Or or or, or within a few years am I gonna be going to Vegas? 
because I am so close with my family. So, if if you need help, moral, moral of the story, if you need help, guys, please get help. Because there's a lot of people, you may not think a lot of people love you or care about you. There are people out there that care about you and love you. They're, they're just afraid to, to say it and sh or show it. That's Fuzz's Carter, and I'm sorry to have it and our podcast end on a little bit of a downer. But I mean, um, it's like I said, if any, if this can help anyone, um, it's worth me putting myself in that downer moment. Uh, and that's why I put that out there. Uh, where is my mind? Because I want to help people. I always want to help people. That's why I do furry yoga for you guys five, four or five days a week. Um, and I'll be the Anthrocon. At the end of the month, doing that as well. So come check me out Friday and Sunday. At the God, I'm gonna be plugging that every single week, Charlie, until that's, I that's go the there. And the you know, I'm gonna tell you guys this right now. Fuzz's corner, uh, at the beginning of July is gonna be about my Anthrocon experience and my very first, yeah, say convention. And I, oh, it, there's gonna be so much. There may even be video I get to show. Who knows? We'll, you we'll know see. What I'm putting out there right now. Buzz. For those that are listening, I want to start doing these podcasts live in front of people. So, if you know anyone that goes to Megaplex in Orlando, please tell them, hey, we would love to have the Mascot Support Group podcast live. Yeah, let them know they want we want you want the mascot support group, and at the same time, let them know you want furry yoga. We're in the USA now; we want to do more conventions. So, uh, I'll pull a double and I'll do both. So, I mean, you can do a triple; I can do a double. Yeah, we'll we'll see about that. We can have wrestling is rage as well. Oh, jeez, oh, jeez, a lot to say about that. But this has been a really long episode of. Uh, mascot support group podcast i think we should wrap it up uh there charlie you want to uh give a special thanks to our patreons again and our and our wonderful sponsors yeah so i would like to give a thanks to our patreons luke and camilla um thank you guys so much for um supporting us remember guys you can go to patreon.com backslash mascot support group and there's a lot you get we pretty much um had this a uh, lot of stuff pre-recorded. Um yes. yeah, including day. this episode right now. So guys, um we're gonna let you know that um that there was two segments tonight that were pre-recorded, and we're not gonna let you know uh which ones they were. So you gotta go on patreon.com slash mascot support group podcast. And you know what? There's about like 40, 50 minutes. That wasn't on air tonight. And uh, we had even JMB jump in during that. And um, the amount of... Um... <laughs> Your audience. Yes, mature audience uh, language and uh, subjects that were going on while we weren't on screen here uh, was uh, quite hilarious. And you only see that on patreon.com slash mascot support group podcast. So check it out. It's only three bucks a month. It's really cheap. And uh, there's going to be a couple fuzzes corners coming this week uh, on there as well that are a little juicy that I recorded myself for you guys. So hopefully you all enjoyed those. Um, and uh, 
we are always energized. But our very good friends are all the energy. They just came out with three new flavors. And they sound pretty good. But the thing is, I'm not going to tell you what they are. I want to make you go to their website. Go to altisubs.com, U-L-T-I-S-U-P-P-S.com. Check out their great flavors. Use the code MASCOTS, M-A-S-C-O-T-S. You get 10% off when you check out. And they're very delicious flavors. And we're also brought to you by OIW Podcast Network, as always. So OIWPodcastNetwork.com. That site's being rebooted really soon, so um, probably within the next week, it's going to be going down for a little bit, but it will be coming out, and it's going to be a brand new page with, like, a whole bunch of different pages and stuff, so, like, that's website's turning from a one page into a proper site, so you'll have, you'll see a page for us, you'll see a page for Wrestling is Rage, you'll see a page for everything that we do, me and Charlie, so uh, go check that out uh, when the site comes out. We will let you know when that happens, so... Um, and of course, I got I, I gotta say this every single week. Stay floofy, stay fuzzy, and always, always, always live in the performance. Uh it's just me and Charlie, which is weird this week, but we're still gonna wave to you guys anyway because we do this every single time. And congratulations, Irving, for graduating, and congratulate congratulations to the class of 2023. No matter what state or country you're in, you've graduated. Time to move on. All right. We'll see y'all next episode. Take care. All right, we're off.